welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. So we started last week. Pastor did an awesome job last Sunday. We celebrate her. Where is she? Did an awesome job last Sunday. I, I couldn't listen online, but I listened afterwards. Um, I was with Dr. K um, in some meetings, and it was my own receiving time there. And I had an amazing, amazing time in God's presence. Hallelujah. Bow your heads for a minute. Father... We ask for insight, the simplicity of your word. Let it liberate, set free, bring us to the place where you want us to be. In the name of Jesus, let our hearts be open to receive from you. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Glory to his name. Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 1. Hebrews 1 and verse 1. It says, long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, And the exact imprint of his nature. And he uploads the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So say to someone beside you, God speaks. Say to another person, God is talking to you right now. Now, why, while God may not speak to you in the way that he spoke before, does not take away the reality and the fact that God speaks. So you may know him to have spoken in time past in a particular way, and then because he's no longer speaking like that, there's a tendency to feel that God is not speaking. All right. There is the um, notion that if God doesn't speak in a particular way, then He's not speaking. All right. And of course, we won't we won't blame you won't blame um, yourself in a way. But what you've been used to, what you've been accustomed to. So the Bible tells us that long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophet. But this time around, in these last days, he's now speaking to us by his son. So if I take a position that says, unless I hear the prophet's voice, then God will not speak to me. I'll give you an example. Um, 
Balaam and Balak. You're used to hearing the voice of God. But this time around, God decided to speak to a donkey. And of course, you realize that, oh, I mean, it cannot be God. I mean, that can't be the direction. Go this way. No, I'm not going. It can't possibly be God telling me. Because if God wants to tell me not to go, he would either appear to me, he will either appear to me in the dream. Because you say, have you heard people say things like, God only talks to me in the dream. So imagine if you were the guy on the donkey. And that moment God wanted to communicate with you. That means he had to send you to sleep first. So if you are waiting to go to sleep for him to speak to you, that means in that circumstance and that situation, you won't hear the voice of God. And you'll probably be like, no, God is not talking. But he's talking, isn't he? But how be it? In a way that you don't know yet. You don't know yet. So the donkey said, look, I've been loyal to you all this while. If I'm not going forward, is there not a cause? Is there not, is, something must be wrong. So it took God to open his eyes to see that there was a divine intervention in that space before he submitted to it. So the way God has been speaking to you is not necessarily the way he will continue to speak to you. And let me tell you for free that God speaks to you based on the knowledge you have at the moment about him and about the situation. If your knowledge increases, then the dimension at which God speaks to you will, will change. But if you say that God speaks to me only through dreams, and you rather sleep throughout the day because you want God to speak to you, the day things have changed, and God needs you awake, my brother, there's a problem. Why? Because you have conditioned the hearing of God's voice to a particular way and to a particular pattern. So God spoke to us through his prophets in time past. But these last days, he's speaking to us through his son. The question is, have we come to a place to realize or to understand how God is speaking to us now? Because how he's speaking to you now determines or depends on the circumstance, the situation, the dispensation that we're in at the moment. So God may have said, go yesterday. And today, he's telling you, don't go. But because you have failed to discern where the voice of God is coming from, you are running with go when he has said, don't go. And the Bible says in verse 3 that he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. So this Jesus, through which God is speaking to us now, is the mind of God. He is the image of God. He is the nature of God. So he is communicating the essence of God. So the question is. Has God changed from the past? 
No, he's still the same God. But now speaking to us, to us through his son, but he's still the same God. So what God wanted to communicate at the beginning when he spoke through the prophets is still the same thing he's communicating now that he's speaking through his son, Jesus. So if we miss the mark to think that, oh no, I have to listen to Moses and Elijah and Elisha. Who is this Jesus who has just come that is new on the block? I'm not going to listen to him because, you know, they said it in scripture. said, our forefathers come and they worshipped in the mountains. They said, oh, it's Jerusalem that we have to go to worship. How can you tell us a different thing? Our forefathers said this. They said, Jerusalem is the place. Were they wrong? No, they were right. Because at that time, in that dispensation, that was the move and the communication of God at that time. But this time around, Jesus is coming and saying, oh, the true worshippers of God must worship him in spirit and in truth. And they're like, no, 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 no. We have to go to Jerusalem. Is going to Jerusalem wrong? No, there's nothing wrong with going to Jerusalem. But understand what the spirit is saying at the moment. Because when you don't understand that, what the spirit is saying, you miss out on the new wine. You miss out on what's new. You miss out on, on, the, on, the, on the ability of the new creation to exact himself. You miss out. And then you will think that um, God, God is no longer talking or God is no longer there. No, he is there. But just that the language has changed. The communication has changed. So what, is this, what are the qualities of the new creation? What are the qualities? I want, to, I want to give you two or three qualities today of the new creation. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God. Who through Jesus, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. It says, therefore in verse 20, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Say, for our sake, he had made him to be seen who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So you see that the idea, God's idea from the beginning has not changed. His idea didn't change. But the methods, the way he's going about it, what he planned from the very beginning, it's still what he's doing right now. How be it? Through Jesus. Through Jesus Christ. So he said all this is from God. Who through Christ reconciled us to himself. And gave us the ministry. So what are, what are the qualities? Number one. You, number one is that the new creation is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when I do not understand that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And then I'm clinging to the law of circumcision. I'm clinging to the, um, the, uh, the old covenant and the, and the ways and, the, and the, um, how, the, how, how they run things in, in, in those days. I'm clinging to it. I do not understand that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'll miss out on what God is doing in this season. 
I'll miss out. Not because God is not there, but because I'm not well positioned for it. So how do I enjoy what God is doing in the season? What new wine simply means is that there is a new thing. There are new things that God is doing every now and then. And then you and I need to be positioned for it. And the only way you can position rightly for it is to embrace the realities of the new creation. Because outside that new creation, there is no other creation. It says there remains no more sacrifice. So what Jesus did cannot be undone. Like how, how did Bishop Wally put it? He said what he did cannot be undid. If you don't understand that grammar, don't worry. Those of you that were in grace culture, he said what he did cannot be undid. So what Jesus, I, I want to go, no, I'm not going to say that. That is, those of you that read English engineering, I know it's wrong. So what Jesus did cannot be undone. Why? Because that's the life of the new creation. That's where we are now. So he has done it once and for all. So he has brought us to a place in verse 21. In verse, uh, verse 20. Verse 21 says, For our sake he made him to be seen who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So it means that outside Christ we are not the righteousness of God. So but Christ coming in Christ we are now the righteousness of God. So that understanding brings us to a place where, where we enjoy what the new creation has to offer. It brings us to that place. Isaiah 54 verse 17 says no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue which rises against you in judgment shall you shall condemn. It says this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. So where you can stand to declare that no weapon fashioned against me shall prosper is because you understand your righteousness. It's because you understand that you are the righteousness of God. So you're not saying it, oh, no weapon shall formed against me shall prosper. No. You are saying it from the understanding that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What does it mean to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? To stand before God without any sense of guilt or condemnation. Not because you are trying not to think about what you did wrong. No. You are standing in the same position that Jesus stood. And then you are looking at the sacrifice and accepting that sacrifice. So that sacrifice puts you in a place where you realize that you are not condemned and you are not guilty. You are not condemned and you are not guilty. Not because of yourself, but because of Jesus. That's why he says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He says unless you are Righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Reverend George will say, who are the Pharisees? Those people that are far to see. Who are the Sadducees? Those people that are always sad. He said, unless your righteousness exceeds that righteousness, you can't enter the kingdom of God. 
because there is no way you can present to God your own works. You have to present to him the works of Jesus. So Jesus' works, what Jesus did is enough payment to present to God, not the devil, to present to God for your emancipation, for your freedom, for your redemption, for your righteousness. So to enjoy what the new creation has to offer, your position in life is that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I've spoken to people who feel condemned. That nothing good can come out of me. They tell you, Pastor, do you know what I have done? So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, what really have you done? Sometimes I don't even want to hear. I say, no, Pastor, you don't understand. If you know what I have done, can God forgive me? I say, ah, what do I want to tell this person? Because I've not done bad things like they did, so I don't know. But, I mean, there's a place you get to where you, you really feel you should earn God's righteousness. In some circles, they call it penance. You should earn that forgiveness. But compared to what Jesus did, there remains no more sacrifice. No more sacrifice. He said in those days, he said their sins were covered. So that the high priest goes in year after year after year to offer the same sacrifice. He said, but they know that the offering of those sacrifices cannot take away it not say will say cannot take away sins say but there came one who offered himself once and for all by the offering of that sacrifice brought us to a place where we are righteous with God forever say ah pastor are you sure what if I sin tomorrow? You are righteous with God forever. So pastor, I can go now and go and be sinning. Your business. You are righteous with God forever. Say, okay, pastor has given us license. Your business. You are righteous with God forever. When you come to the understanding of who you are in Christ Jesus, you will not indulge in such things. Because that understanding sets you free. It's because you don't know that's why you think that it's a liberty to sin. No, it's not a liberty to sin. It's a liberty to freedom. It's a liberty to freedom. So that understanding alone that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus sets you free completely. And then you begin to enjoy the new wine. That's why Jesus said you can't put new wine in old wine skin. It will burst. It will burst. But new wine must be put a new wine skin. Someone say, I'm the righteousness, I'm the righteousness of, God of God in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. It, doesn't it doesn't matter what I've done, what, I've done, what I will do. What I will do. It, doesn't it doesn't matter. I am the righteousness, the righteousness of, God of God in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you a funny story. It's true life. So, a guy, a guy went up to his pastor and said, Pastor, I'm dealing with... Um, Smoking, I mean, it's terrible. I, I, I can't quit it. You know, and 
it's really getting me to me. And that's why sometimes I don't come to church because I feel condemned. You see what's happening? So the pastor said, oh really? Nice. I said, anytime you want to take a cigarette, light it. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The spirit of God lives in me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It may sound crazy. But when you're dealing with, if you've ever dealt with addiction, you'll know that addiction is addiction. You can be tongue-talking and be dealing with addiction. You can be Holy Ghost blasting and be dealing with addiction. But guess what? After doing that for a couple of weeks, one day he picked it up. And the righteous... Nah, he dropped it and that was the last. You see, it says, you will know the truth and it will set you free. You will know it, you will come to the revelation of the truth and it will set you free. If Jesus cannot set you free, nobody can. Do you think the reason people go to hell is because of their smoking? You're wrong. The reason people go to hell is not because they kill someone. It's simply because they've not accepted Jesus. That's the only reason. They've not accepted him. You cannot touch hot iron and your hand not born. What are you saying? The true experience of the believer, the true salvation experience, you will feel the impact. You will know something has happened to you. It won't be a whitewash. I remember some years ago when they were screaming, Jesus will come in. in what year was that? There were two times. There was 2000 first. Before 2000, there was another one. I think 1999 or so. Or something like that. There was another one before 2000. That period, all the friends around me, they got born again. Bad boys that I know that they are bad boys. They were preaching to me. After that thing passed, to your turn to Israel. They went back to their ways. Me that I was not a, a, a believer. I later became a believer. Of all of them now, I'm the only one preaching. What God did for you and I has nothing to do with us. Between God and Jesus. For us. We are only partakers of what he has done. We are only partakers. And in actual fact. There was no way. For man to be saved. 
But for God himself to offer himself to himself. There was just no way. So God offered himself in the form of Christ to himself as God, Elohim, the creator, to redeem you and I. From, not from the devil, from the judgment that we deserved, that he, pla- that he planned to punish. He's the one that wants to punish us. He's the judge, how they call it, the judge, jury, and executioner. So, he's the one that wants to punish us and he's the one that wants to set us free. Tell someone there remains no more. Sacrifice. Number two. You represent God here on earth as an ambassador. So the reason God saved you, the the reason he delivered you, the reason he set you free, is not so you can boast in the fact that you are free. No. It's so that you can represent him. You can represent him here. Jesus said in John 20, 21, he said, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And in John 13, 35, he says, By all this shall know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So the reason you have been set free is so that you can set others free. The the reason you've been liberated, you've been delivered, is so that you can deliver others. Not so you can boast in the fact that I carry a big black Bible and I'm a child of God. No. No. It's not so that you can put your post on Instagram. Whether it's a Monday, a Tuesday, or any day. I'm a child of God. It's okay. But you can demonstrate the new life. So that in you, look at what he said in 2 Corinthians 5. Verse 19. He said that is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Was he reconciling the world to the devil? No. He was reconciling the world to himself. Not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So after he has reconciled the world to himself through Jesus, he has now given us the ministry of reconciliation. Telling the world, be reconciled to God. So we're representing him here. And then when, you, when, you, when you're representing God, it becomes very clear. You cannot be an ambassador and then you're buying fuel in your own car. No. You can't be an ambassador and then you're paying your own rent. No. You can't be an ambassador and then all the things that you, you all the benefits and everything, you are paying for it by yourself. No. As an ambassador, 
you are taken care of by headquarters. Right? So when you represent God and your every expression represents God, headquarters covers your bills. Because you're a sent one. You didn't go on your own. He says, the father sent me. So I'm sending you. And Jesus said, everything I do, I watch my father do. So as he sent me and he's backing me up, Bible says in Acts, it said, Jesus, a man approved of God by miracles, signs, and wonders. Approved of God. So you now say to yourself, Paul, a man approved of Jesus by miracles, signs, and wonders. So if God approves Jesus and works miracles, signs, and wonders through him, then Jesus is saying, as the Father sent me, so I send you. So whatever authority the father has given me, I'm giving you the same authority. I'm giving you the same authority. So you enjoy the life of the new creation. You enjoy that life. Glory to God. Colossians chapter 2, let me round up. Alright, let me start from Hebrews chapter 10. It says, therefore in verse 19, brothers... Since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from all evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Do you now see the basis of your faith? You see the basis of your right standing with God. He said because we've been cleansed by him, because we now see that we are entering into the holy place by a new and living way that Christ has opened for us, then we have boldness to come before his presence. And then we hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, knowing that he that promised is faithful. That's why you don't lose out on your confession. Say, no, pastor, I've been confessing for one week. It's like the thing of the work. No. When you understand this, that look, I'm holding fast my confession of of hope without wavering because faithful is the one who has promised. Before that, I realize that he has opened a door for me. Opened a way for me. Through his flesh. He has brought me into a new life. Brought me to a new and living way. So because of that, my confession is rock solid. It doesn't change. The situations may change. Circumstances may change. But what I'm holding on to does not change. Why? Because I realize that he has opened the way for me already. I have, I have confessions. Not in confession manner. But I have things I wrote down. Some, some of them have been there for months. And some of them weeks. And as God is answering them, I'm taking them. Rejoicing, taking them. Thank you, Father. See what the Lord has done. See what the Lord has done. I'm taking it. I'm happy. Rejoicing. Knowing that he that did this one will do the next one. 
I'm giving God praise for it. I'm holding on to the confession of my faith. Romans 6, 4. It says, therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Just the same way Christ was raised from the dead, you and I have been raised to walk in newness of life. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Colossians 2 and verse 11. It says, in him, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the saints of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Please, what is the what is the other word for all? Entire. Thank you. This would have read English engineering. Entire. All is all. Forgiving you all your trespasses. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. Which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way. Having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacles of them. Triumphing over them in it. Who is that devil? Triumphing over them in it. Bringing you to a place of newness and new life. Telling you that all things are yours. Telling you that you've been, you've been liberated, you've been set free, you've been delivered. And you can stand boldly. He said, this is the heritage of the servants of God. Their righteousness is of me. So you stand in that liberty knowing that you are free. And then you begin to enjoy new wine. Begin to enjoy new life. Someone say, all things are mine. Stand to your feet. Tell three people, all things are mine. Glory to God. I said, we are buried with him in baptism. We're raised with him through faith. And we've been made to sit together with him. In the heavenly places. That's where you and I dwell. That's our heritage. That's the life he has called us to live. The newness of life. Lift those hands to him. Just say father I thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for everything that I am in Christ Jesus. Everything that you have made me in Christ Jesus. Everything, everything that you have made me in Christ Jesus. In him I live, in him I move, in him I have my being. I'm complete in him. Nothing missing, lacking or broken. Complete in him, complete in him. This 
is my reality. This is the heritage that God has given you and I in Christ Jesus. And that's the life he has called us to live. Thank you, Father. Lift those hands to him one more time. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.